Hello, everybody, and welcome to another live episode of the Mess Hall Podcast. We are on a completely different angle this week, <laughs> so I hope this works out well, and hopefully you guys can see everything down here that we're trying. Uh, that's why I wanted to have the different angle, so everybody gets a little bit of a view of what we're doing here. So, yeah, like I said, what are we getting yeah. into first? Oh, But before we start, yeah. I guess we should say, this is a continuation of last week's episode, yeah where we did the unboxing from Yummy Co. Candy Company in Calgary here. They did up a little sweet box for us, mm -hmm. and I know I was super excited. We got some whole bunch of traditional stuff here, and, and I know... Yeah, a lot of retro, because they are specialized in retro candy. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, because I haven't had everything here before. I've had some of the stuff, so... Yeah, so... Let's get into it. This is episode one. So we're going with vintage gum, actually. So in 1869, Thomas Adam buys Chickle, it's called Chickle, from exiled Mexican president, the eh, Mexican president who was exiled at the time. This is the milky latex from the sapodilla tree. He wanted to use it as an alternative for rubber, but it never really panned out. So in 1871, he actually gets a patent for a gum making machine. Um, and then in 1884, he finally adds flavoring <laughs> and he starts with blackjack, which is black licorice, anise, and ginger. Now we tried this beforehand cause we didn't want <laughs> you guys to hear us chomping and spitting it out. But what did you think of this? I like that one. I thought it was good. I wasn't, ex no, I didn't know what to expect from it, but yeah, it had a really nice licorice flavor and I, I like black licorice, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, it wasn't just black licorice. It must be the ginger that also just kind of yeah, gave very it a subtle in it. Um, not spiciness, but yeah, it was, it was really nice. It was. I'm gonna say this about all three actually understated. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't imagine though how it would taste with no flavor. <laughs> <laughs> then in the 1890s, Edwin Beeman, who is a doctor from Cleveland, adds pepsin to the gum, which is a natural digestive. Um, pilots favorite this gum because it settled their stomach before flights. Um, now there's not pepsin in it, but there is wintergreen and herbs, which. It was really nice. It wasn't just like super minty, but there was a little bit of a herbal kind of feel yeah, to it. Yeah, it, it was pretty subtle. Yeah. But it was really nice. Um, the texture was the same as the blackjack, obviously. It's yeah. same as like Wrigley Spearmint Gum almost. That texture, the same size like sticks. Yeah. So it was fun. It sort of brought me back. But again, I haven't tried that one before, so it was yeah. nice. And then, so then they merge into Chickle in 1899. And in 1914, they started making the clove, which they make until 1978. Um, and they remade it for a bit in the 85, but then they started again making these guns in 2018. Okay. Um, the clove was popular during Prohibition to cover the smell of alcohol. Um, <laughs> so you're saying I can go into drunk to work tomorrow and just have some of that and... I'll be fine. Nobody will smell it, yeah. Nice. Um, this was nice. It had. It also has hints of allspice and cinnamon. Um, 
I liked this one the best of the three, but they lost flavors really easily. Yeah. And then we're very rubbery. Or they I were. Or suppose chickly. But they were interesting. I did enjoy it. But yeah, you're right. It did lose that flavor rather quickly. And I didn't even chew it for long, maybe two or three minutes each piece. So yeah, it lost a... It was very rapid on uh, flavor loss. Yeah, and it was more rubbery than most gum, but I think they probably stuck pretty close then to their reg- their initial kind of gum because it was different than most gums these days. Yeah. So while we ponder that, let's go to our first commercial break. So the Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network by powered by ATB Financial. And as you can see by the official mascot in the background... That's, Melvin. Yeah, Melvin. He he uh, is a port, an important part of our podcast. So with that being said, we want to give a podcast shout out to one of our fellow co-members this week. And it's going to Bollywood is for Lovers. Matt Browers and Aaron Fraser explore the world of Hindi cinema through the lens of two Canadian cinephiles. That's an official thing. I just like it. I've listened to it uh, several times over the years. Um, yeah, I guess a couple years now. But yeah, it's a bi-weekly podcast. They just do Hindi films. So if you're looking for something different to listen to, and then, yeah, it's just a really good movie podcast on not your everyday films. They're not going over the Avengers. They're not going over, you know, the latest Hollywood blockbuster. But Bollywood blockbusters, yeah. they're talking about it. So it gives a different, unique perspective on movies that you can watch in Canada. So make sure you check it out. That's Bollywood is for Lovers on the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. Yeah. So now we're moving on to Flying Saucers, which I've never had, but I've seen, and they intrigue me. Um, <laughs> so a Belgian company actually first started making them in the 50s after there was a decline in the demand for communion wafers. Huh. Um, which they made. But these are rice filled with sherbet candy inside. Although I don't know what the connection is because apparently communion wafers are made out of wheat. And there's even controversy with to, to make gluten-free communion wafers or not. Um, I, and then I've learned a little bit about communion wafers. One, you can buy them at Walmart. Kind of shocked me. I did not know that. Um, and then... It gets in, I've got, I'm going to ask this, is it sacrilege to eat communion wafers? And it is, and it is punishable by um, excommunication if they haven't been consecrated yet. Now, consecrated, that's a little bit iffy. The best I can kind of come up with, because I'm not religious, is kind of like blessed, and they're put in a certain container called a tabernacle. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. That stuff, that got a little iffy. So is it almost like buying kosher food where it's already blessed? I think kind of. I don't know if blessed is the right word. So, But it doesn't matter. I'm not eating any anytime soon. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it's supposed to represent the body of Christ. Now, in 2014, a UFO cult actually studied communion wafers and concluded, surprisingly, that... There were no parts of Christ actually found in the communion wafers. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) It took UFO company. UFO cult. Cult. UFO cult. I didn't go into the cult because 
I could be here all night, but I have some reading to do (laughs) in the next couple of days. So, yeah, I'm going to try it. No, yeah, I'll Uh, try a pink one. I'm trying a pink one as well. I guess you eat the outside, but it doesn't look like something we should eat. Kind of communion wafery, eh? Oh. I wish there was some bad wine to drink with this or grape juice. That's surprising. It's like chewing on styrofoam with sourness inside. Do you remember paper, edible paper from when we were kids? No. When I was a kid? (laughs) Kind of reminded me of that. Um, And then it was almost like citric acid inside. I liked it. I just... The way it stuck to my lips, like dried out my lips, that no. doesn't sound good, but I kind of, almost like a rice cake, and you don't really like plain rice cakes, do no, you? The way no. they kind of, I don't was, know, that was... It was interesting. It was weird. They're very popular in the UK, and I've never had them. So there um, must be some kind of fructose, glucose in there glucose, then. Glucose, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Are you... Showing people, oh, what's in it? As you do that, we'll move on to Tart and Tinies. I know we were, I was excited about this. Mary was excited about this. I don't know if you're on here tonight, Mary. Okay. So the Wonka company made Tart and Tinies until the 70s or nine to 90s, but then they were discontinued until 2015 when Leaf Brands took over and started making them. But they added blue raspberry flavor. And that wasn't in the original ones. Now, I'm going to... This has been brought up a couple of times. Is blue raspberry a flavor? It is. It actually replicates the Rubus leucodermis, which is the white bark raspberry or black raspberry, which is not the bright blue that it's often depicted as, but kind of a black-blue color. Um, It was first used in 1958 by the gold medal food for an Italian ice. So that's why we have blue raspberry. Oh, nice. Now, I had these as a kid, and you can get candy-coated ones. You used to be able to, and, like, chewy ones. But I think I remember these from vending machines. I've never had them before. No, I'm going to throw a whole handful in my mouth. <laughs> Almost like sweet tarts. Yeah. Is that Chalky. Just, yeah. Like the candy heart things, like the, you get at Valentine's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, with the, or the circles with the rounds. I think both those things. Yeah, or almost rockets. It's a little bit tingly in the back. I'd say they're flavorful rockets. Yeah. Not as chalky and... Yeah, more compressed. Yeah, I I like them though. I can see why people did enjoy them. Like I said, it's my first time having them. Yeah, it says pucker up, baby. I don't know if they're that puckery. I'd say the flying saucer was more... Yeah, the filling of the flying saucer. So now, now we've done Pop Rocks before, so I won't go into the big history of them. But while making a carbonated beverage pouch, William A. Mitchell actually invented Pop Rocks. Um, He's also known for making Tang, Jell-O, and Cool Whip. Um, Now, Cosmo suggests putting it on your tongue before making out with someone. We're not going to be doing that. Um, A California woman, I'm surprised it's not Florida, Put, put some Pop Rocks in her vagina before sex. Ended up in the ER with burning and itching. So, <laughs> Not popping and rocking? <laughs> nope, burning and itching. Um, we, yeah. So, And this, we also have 
blue, uh, what is it? Blue Raz. I'm just, <laughs> usually I move from the mic, but listen to this. <laughs> so people watching online probably can't hear all this crackling from it, but it's what? so much fun. <laughs> I can't hear you over my crackling in my mouth. Oh, these are so much fun. They bring me back. They I... are fun. They really... <laughs> They're still crackling inside. <laughs> it is funny. It's back by my ears. Here. Yes, I got them in the, like in behind, like the back of my tongue down below, <laughs> and I don't think they're ever going to come out. Uh, well, maybe adding more, maybe drinking more sugar will help because we have Kool Aid <laughs> coming up next, um, which we've talked about before. So. We have pink lemonade Kool-Aid, which I had never heard of or saw, have seen before. But now, why pink lemonade? You can get lemons, apparently, that have pink flesh, but the juice is clear. But there's some stories behind why pink lemonade. So one of the first mentions was in Henry E. Allett's uh, obituary in 1912, and apparently in 1879... He was working for the circus, and he dropped a red cinnamon candy in a vat of lemonade and just called it, um, and then just, like, sold it anyway. Like, the show will go on. I'm going to just sell it <laughs> as pink lemonade. Um, now, a book from 1921 said that Pete A. Conklin actually came up with pink lemonade in 1857, which I don't want this story to be true, by using a, a water from a pitcher that another performer had wrung her pink tights out in to clean them, and he used that water, and it turned pink, and he sold it as strawberry lemonade. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Yummy. Um, but now E.E. E. Kellogg, which is John Harvey's wife, you know him from the cereal fame, we've yeah. talked about him, um, wrote a recipe for um, pink lemonade in her 1892 book, Science in Kitchen, using strawberry, cranberry, currant, or raspberry juice. Nice. Which sounds a lot better than wrung out pink tight. (laughs) 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 Now it's normally fake um, flavoring, Uh, fake coloring, food coloring, and uh, in Kool-Aid for sure. (laughs) Yeah, so... So, cheers. Look, it's very pink. It's beautiful. It is. We made the mistake we often make. We make it right before the episode <laughs> and it's not cold enough. Yeah, it's definitely Kool-Aid. It has that sweetness to it, that artificial flavor. But it does taste like pink lemonade. Like yeah. even the concentrate pink lemonade that you can get, it just reminds me of it. But I feel more watered down. Not as sour. Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, but I, s- I almost feel like I can taste uh, wrung out pink tights in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't get that image out of my head. Maybe we should send this to the UFO cult to see if there's actual pink tights in there. We should. Yes. Actually, it's Kool-Aid. We should see if there's actual lemons in there. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think that what we have next, we have some different flavors. I think it's strawberry. Uh, I think it's pink lemonade as well. Actually, I don't know what flavors they are, but we have pixie sticks. Yeah. So in 1942, the Frizzola company sold a powdered drink mix similar to Kool-Aid. Yeah, that they ended up finding out that kids were eating the drink mix straight out of the package. So in 1952, he sold it. um, They ended up selling it as 
Lickamade, which became Fun Dip. In 1959, they started selling it in straws um, as pixie sticks. Nowadays, you can get marijuana-infused <laughs> pixie sticks called whizzy sticks, or just sticks. Um, turns out kids at one point were snorting pixie sn sticks, but because of residual sugar in the nose, they were attracting flies, and kids were finding maggots in their nose. Oh. So I don't, yeah, so... <sighs> I don't know if that's true or not. That's a, yet another reason not to store pixie sticks. Um, now, in the movie Breakfast Club, Ali Sheedy's character, Allison, eats a sandwich she invented. And, and Ali Sheedy invented this sandwich. It has butter, Captain Crunch, gummy lizards, and pixie sticks on it. Um, she invented it for the character. Oh, okay. Just, she's yeah. kind of psycho. Um, she had to eat three of these while filming. <laughs> Um, we're not having it on a sandwich. We're not snorting it straight up. You, you already I already tried it. it. Yeah. Well, I'll try mine while you tell your thoughts. Well, first thing that comes to mind, I just had a little bit. You chugged the whole thing. Have fun. You're going to be up They don't come in all... mega ones all anymore because people were against those. So. Um, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear pixie sticks is the Simpsons. Mm -hmm. When they say, like, there's no sugar in pixie sticks. Well, Bart tells the uh, Flanders children that, Rod and Todd. So, oh, there's definitely sugar in it. I can tell. <laughs> it's, uh, I thought it was going to be more granular. Yeah. But it was more soft, more powdery almost. So. Tastes like pixies. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a sourness to it. I don't yeah. know. It was pink. I don't know what kind of flavor it was. It was. It was it was uh, sugar. Just sugar, like straight, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm too sophisticated for just straight sugar, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll giggle like a schoolgirl over Pop Rocks for days. <laughs> um, so now we we also have Fun Dip here, um, Cherry Fun Dip. But we've talked about, we've had Fun Dip, we've talked about it, so um, we made a shooter. But beforehand, of course, the question came up, can you get high off of it? <laughs> said, no, if you snort it, maybe a slight sugar high, but what you're <laughs> likely to get is a burning sensation from inhaling sugar and possibly and probably a nosebleed. <laughs> um, so I just looked up recipes, found this for a shooter with vodka. I also found one for a ranch fun dip, which for dipping veg in, um, but it was like vegan with pistachios and nutritional yeast oh. but it was kind of a fun that idea that sounds disgusting so what? avery has the stick you need to stir it and then let me have part of the stick we only had the one stick and big cups thank you my you... stick was in there a while and yeah. it's sort of i don't know if i can do this it's kind of gross no looking. that's the part here take mine then oh it's too late now i already have my hands on it i poured it all over myself i did not enjoy that at all I really just enjoyed the fun dip part. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Kool-Aid because I enjoyed Kool-Aid more. I didn't measure out. There's a lot of vodka in that from sparkling water. We're not much of shooters people anyway. Or really, yeah. I just wanted to show that because it is the official Mess Hall podcast shooter glass. So, mm -hmm. And we did dip the rim in the fun yeah. dip. Yeah. And the fun dip was fun, but it didn't. I should have mixed some in the shooter as well. Yeah. I think. Um, so we yeah, have one so last we thing. We have rushed through 
We have stick candy. Um, the first mention of it is in 1837 at the, the, it was sold at the exhibition of the Massachusetts Charitable Mechanic Association. Um, it's striped like a, and I'm going to use a quote, like a gay barber's pole, which is according to the Candy Stick song of 1885. So actually a lot of songs, poems that relate to um, candy sticks. So I looked up this company, the Hastings Company. I believe it's Tutti Fruity flavor. It didn't say anywhere on it. So Tutti, fr- would you say Tutti Fruity? I just put it in my mouth. I okay. have to try it first. Um, which is not a Little Richard song, <laughs> but it's Italian for all fruits and was first used to describe an ice cream which contained candy fruit. Um, and I saw it on Wikipedia described as sweet, fruity, apple, banana with a floral nuance. So is it tutti fruity? I could be way off. <laughs> yeah, it has that tutti fruity flavor. <laughs> It was good. It was enjoyable. Is there a floral nuance? I'm not so sophisticated that I'm tasting that floral sub notes. I'm getting hints of tobacco. (laughs) Leather. Leather. (laughs) Earthy tones. Um, Mary just said, you should coat the uh, rims of pop with pop rocks for your Kool-Aid. I saw recipes like that too, but I felt one shooter or cocktail was enough but i don't know i'd be giggling too hard <laughs> I'm giggling enough i don't need to then be spewing liquid on air i i think that's a great idea i can't believe i didn't do that as a kid <laughs> well you didn't do shooters as a child i'm <laughs> guessing it's picked though anything could have happened <laughs> it's true but i didn't want to say it but before we go on and do a recap we're going to bring you another ad from our sponsors This episode is brought to you by Park Powder, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Mm -hmm. Park Power is a small local business, and like many of you, it has been closely monitoring the news on COVID-19 and the world's rapidly changing circumstances. Uh While many of their team are currently working remotely, the way Park Power Mm -hmm. does business has not changed, and their commitment commitment to exceptional mm. customer service will remain. Find out more about Park Power's... Res- There's nothing funny about COVID and Park Power, so get serious. I'm interested in what you're saying. Find more about <laughs> Park Power's response to COVID-19. Where at? At parkpower.ca. Awesome. That's parkpower.ca. So I think we're both getting a little bit of sugar <laughs> giddiness going on here, which is not a bad thing. So what was the what was your favorite? What was maybe not favorite? What was what surprised you the most out of everything here? <laughs> Flying saucers were weird, but I liked them. Um yeah, that surprised me. I didn't know what to think. I didn't. I've seen these and didn't think the shell was edible. I wasn't even sure as I was eating that <laughs> I should have been. Um, Pop rocks were my favorite, but we had them kind of recently. They're so fun. Um, but yeah, fly, uh, flying saucers was the most surprising thing. And tartan tinies weren't as good as I remembered them. What about for you? There's a lot of stuff I didn't have before. I didn't have the tartan tonies. I didn't have the gum. 
I've never had Pop Rocks mixed with Kool-Aid, which I just tried. <laughs> and how was that? Delicious. Is your head buzzing? Yeah, it's been buzzing for a couple minutes now. <laughs> but I thought the flavor of the gum just it wasn't there. It was there. But just didn't last too long, so that was kind of disappointing. But it was still nice, and the tart and tonnies were really good. Like I like Rockets, and I like this type of hard, chalky-type candy with the blue ones. I thought were really nice. They had a nice flavor to them. And, of course, Pop Rockets are awesome. Yeah. We enjoy those so much. I guess I remember Tart and Tiny's being more sour. Yeah. And I love Tart, so. And the candy stick was good, too. Um, Not how we had it. That's something you really have, you don't share and you just savor. Like and I don't candy. bite into it. I just, like, lick it. Yeah. But, but overall, it was a fun episode. I didn't really have Pixie Sticks as a child. I did have them, but it wasn't my favorite. I think there's, like, I get the funness. Yeah, know, especially if you're getting, like, one of those. Yep, they don't make them anymore. I know. People are against it. Um, and just straight powdered sugar, but I don't know. I, I feel like we're trying another kind next week. <laughs> <laughs> we try pink this week. I think we'll try yellow next. Maybe green. Maybe a mix. But talking about next week, we still have everything else from the box that we opened up mm-hmm. so again thanks to jody at um yummy co candy company awesome i jody's been on this podcast before way way back in before the, i was uh, involved yeah i think it was probably in the f- number 40s 50s somewhere around there but yeah she was super awesome she her enthusiasm for retro candy is so infectious when you go in there and you just talk to her She's always happy. She's always smiling. And her knowledge is awesome on Retro Candy as well. So if you ever get a chance, go there. It's at the uh, Curry, no, the Crossroad Market. Sorry. I don't know why I was going to say Curry Barracks. <laughs> You're going back like 10 yeah. years. <laughs> but at the Crossroad Markets here in Calgary, I'll put the address in the show notes. So if anybody is in Calgary or if you want to visit Calgary after COVID, make sure you visit there because, yeah. like I said, she's awesome. She has these time capsules too. So you can get candies from like the 60s, 70s, 80s. So that's kind of cool. We just got the mystery box. She put it together for us and, you know. It didn't disappoint. It did not disappoint. So I'm looking forward to next week's episode too. Hopefully we can keep this sugar buzz rolling. (laughs) But I think we'll keep it rolling because on Wednesday's regular podcast, we're doing Maynard's Candies with uh, Tyler and Monk from Tyler and Monk's Superfast Movie Reviews out of Edmonton. So... We're doing that over some Zoom. Zoom. So it's going to be another fun one. So if you like Swedish berries and sweetest fish and... Fuzzy peaches and Lifesaver gummies. There's a lot. Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you tune Tune in. in. And once you tune into that, we'll see you guys next Monday. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys.